Bienvenido de nuevo a Tells. Hola, Andrew. Hola. ¿Cómo estás? Bien. Estoy bien. Estoy bien. ¿Y tú? Bien, gracias. Are we doing this all in Spanish? Sí. That could be tough. I'm very limited, and so are you. Don't lie. Mi español es, es muy, muy bien. <laughs> Have you ever eaten so much peanut butter on your slice of toast that you got winded from chewing it? I have not. <laughs> no. I can't say I have. You must not like peanut butter as much as I do. First of all, you have to put butter on your bread. That makes the peanut butter spread easier. So, really? you know, whatever, butter, margarine, whatever you... And then you don't have to put five teaspoons, tablespoons of peanut butter on your... You kind of do, though, just because it's so delicious. Just eat the spoon. Don't try and put it on the bread. Top it off with honey. That was your uh, influence. I never used to do that. But now that I was informed of the honey on top of the peanut butter, there's no going back. And yeah, it's when you put that much on, it, you get kind of worn out getting, <laughs> getting through all that peanut butter. Unbelievable. Dear Tells listeners, this is what I have to deal with on a daily basis. Mm. Aren't you so lucky you're not me? This is what I have to deal with, getting through all that peanut butter. <laughs> Can we talk about Mexico or poker or something okay. other than peanut butter, please? Yeah, let's talk about Mexico. That was fun. Reluctantly, Andrew came on my trip to Mexico. And then he always has the was most fun. Yeah, it was kind of reluctant. Mm. Or were you just afraid, naked and afraid? <laughs> uh, I did not go naked. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit of not sure what to expect. And you just being reckless about where you're taking us. Have I ever been reckless about where I've taken you? No, everywhere turns out pretty well so far. Um, but yeah, it was job well done by you planning out the entire trip for me to enjoy. So thanks for that. I hope you managed to enjoy it too. <laughs> what was your favorite part of Mexico City or thing about Mexico City? Well, um, there's lots of like... Just the different neighborhoods, I thought, were fun to explore, walk around, and uh, go taco hopping. <laughs> go taco hopping. <laughs> and the fact that, like, everything is uh, so much more affordable, especially for being a major metropolis. The biggest city in the North the Americas. Biggest, second biggest in the North Americas. That must be big. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was good. My favorite part of Mexico City was... It being such a big city, but also so quiet. Oh, yeah. It was quiet because the taxi drivers don't hoot. You know, in New York City, it's always noisy. It's either the train yeah. or the taxis and they hooting or drivers in general are just hooting all day. Hooting means honking. Eh, it's H. People figure it out, I'm sure. No? Yes. Um It was quiet except for uh, out in, out, outside of our Airbnb. <laughs> We had some maniac outside of our Airbnb an doing artist. some sort of vocal exercise <laughs> or something every morning. <laughs> well, not for the poker player, but it was a reasonable hour Do in wanna, Mexico. Should I imitate like, what he was doing? <laughs> he ahead. was like, ah. <laughs> That's what he was doing every morning at like... 
what, 6 a.m.? 8. It was, yeah. That's what I mean. It's reasonable for other people, just not for poker players. Or if you haven't slept well. Maybe that's like some sort of Mexican morning greeting that we don't (laughs) know about. You don't know. It could be. Maybe. Well, yeah. Aside from that going on, it was pretty quiet city. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it was awesome. Lots of tacos, restaurants, some mezcal. We got into the mezcal a little bit, but not heavily. Not too bad. Nobody had... Did you have a hangover? Not one time. No, no hangover. So uh, kind of a boring sort of uh, uh, married couple uh, trip. No um, uh, senior frogs. No wet t-shirt contests. No scorpion. Oh, we did have uh, grasshopper tacos, though. We did, yeah. You you liked them. I mean, I... I, I'm not going to say I was a fan, but there was nothing wrong with it. It just tasted like but fish with bone, yeah. you know, like a little bit of, you know, if you have like sardines or, yeah, canned yeah. fish. Yeah, these were actual grasshopper tacos. You heard me correctly. Um, I felt like they were a little bit uh, overdressed and crunchy. So you just wanted plain grasshoppers. <laughs> Probably don't want that either. Well, next time. I but think you just have to try stuff, you know? That's what I was going to say. I'm glad we tried it. We, we, that was like our one sort of crazy street food type thing that we had, even though it was actually at a restaurant. But Yeah, because well, we're never hungry when we were out and about because mm-hmm. we had breakfast really late. Well, I don't know that we even saw anything that crazy or weird on street food. No. That was but, just... I mean, we never bought much street food because we were always hungry yeah. or full. So we didn't play any poker because we were too busy eating grasshopper tacos and mezcal and the best empanadas we've ever had in our life. And also kissing. Yeah. Lots of kissing. Because? Because everybody in Mexico City is kissing. Every couple just walks around and if they're waiting at the light, at the robot or whatever, then they... Instead of being on their phone, they spend their time making out. What a wonderful way to use time. Bunch, and there's, bunch of exhibitionists they are, those Mexicans. <laughs> and there's no, like, shaming, right? Because in South Africa, I feel like they would, if elders saw young people just making out in the street, they'd be like, stop doing that or something. Well, that whole phrase, get a room, is from shaming public, a public display of affection, right? Oh, is it? get a room yeah but there was none of that and it was you know young couples old couples but the young couples would kiss in front of like older people and it was fine Mm -hmm. like nobody scorned them or shamed them so you want to like bring this into our fine country and start making out more so in public just starting our life how about that Mm -hmm. i don't know by example yeah making out in public isn't that a better use of time than checking instagram Probably. You get the same feeling. Yeah, I don't... I don't and it's actually real. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really nice. But we might get scorned more here. That's the problem. For kissing? Yeah. But that's fine. I mean, I think some people... It's not like they were just, you know, gross and like groping each other. But it's not like a peck either. It's like very affectionate, but mm. not like... We saw those old couples dancing, older couples dancing. Yeah, and that's how, because they've been kissing their whole life. That's how they're still together. Kissing and dancing and eating grasshopper tacos together. (laughs) Growing old. Secret to long life. Delicious. (laughs) 
But if you're wondering whether you should go to Mexico City, do it. Okay. There's so much to do. And that's the thing too. It's like a little bit overwhelming because it, there's so many places to go and the traffic's kind of crazy. But if you get up early or stay out a little bit later, then you sort of miss the traffic, right? Because right. like after nine or so, there's less traffic. Yeah. So just like pick a neighborhood that you want to be in for I a mean, couple of hours. Every Uber was like $5 to get to anywhere you wanted to get to. I know it's cheap, but you don't want to be sitting in traffic for, you know, your trip. You want to actually be. Ex- feels feels kind of luxurious just being driven around, <laughs> stuck in traffic and spending nothing. No? Yeah. Andrew refused to take what? The subway. The subway. He was like, why? Yeah. Why? Uber's free. <laughs> it's not free. <laughs> um, and my Spanish is not very good, but you did really well. You did very good. It was a big improvement over our last trip to Mexico when you embarrassed us greatly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just kidding. Just, wow. Just kidding. But yeah, you uh, you improved that uh, those apps. They must be worth something. That's you did a lot of studying on your app. I didn't even do that much studying. It's just like consistency. You have to do it all all the time. 15 minutes here and there. Every day. Every day. But I love that as well about Mexico because, or Mexico City specifically, because you go to the beaches of Mexico and it's almost as though they are just catering to Americans. Mm -hmm. And in Mexico City, it's like you're in, you're on my turf. So they don't go out of their way to speak English to you unless they can. But otherwise, it's just like, we'll figure it out with your hand signals and my Spanish. Yeah, but they're also like not rude about it either. No, that's what I mean. It's not rude, but it's not just like this tourist spot, which like if you go to Cabo, everybody's trying to like cater to you and your holiday. Your dollars, American dollars. And in Mexico City, it doesn't matter like there's no paying in dollars we tried to go to the museum and we didn't have cash and they don't accept us dollars you had to go get some pesos and pay but i really like that i appreciate that it's not like a made for travelers well kind of place job well done on that vacation planning for us what are you rating do you give mexico city ciudad Uh, de mexico uh, i give it an ocho DFA. Do you know that it's called DFA? What's DFA? Distrito Federal. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Good to know. Um, I give it a note to you. Mm. You do? Come on. I don't Spanish. know what the number is. What's eight and a half? Ocho. I don't know what a half is. <laughs> Ocho and a half. Ocho. I don't know what point is. Pointo? <laughs> <laughs> See, still got a lot of Duolingo to go. Okay. Yes. Eight and a half, yeah, that's good. Pretty close there. All right, now we're back. What is on your agenda? Uh, I've been doing some live streaming. Yeah? Of the pokers, the online pokers. And that's been really fun so far. So far, so good. Because I moved it over to YouTube. Because mm. I was trying to see how this Twitch thing was working out. Because everybody's live streams their gaming on Twitch. And I tried that. But the problem is my audience is obviously on YouTube. So it's a lot more fun when... There's more people watching, and it's a lot easier for me to accomplish that on YouTube, obviously. And you think Mexican people are exhibitionists, and you just want to be online being watched? Uh, I want to interact, because that makes live streaming a lot easier 
rather than just me having to provide a monologue the entire time. But when people can say things to you, <laughs> whatever they want to say, questions, you know, whatever, then that's a lot better, a lot more interesting of a dynamic. So what stakes are you playing on these games? I've never, I haven't watched a live stream. Are you going to set up a schedule where people can know when you'll be on so they can actually make time to be there? I probably should do that, but I'm a little afraid. Why? Of having a schedule. Why? Because I haven't had one forever. So maybe I'm afraid of like letting them down or something, or it's stressing me out, the schedule. How about you just do a day and some hours? Okay, I could do that. I could let people know ahead of time. Yeah, because just in case you have a long session or something the day before. But yeah, I think it'll, I haven't watched the stream because I don't know what time they happen in the middle of the night. Yeah, the recent ones have gone until midnight and started like three hours before that, something like that. They've gone until midnight? Yeah. I see. Vegas okay. time. Vegas time. So anyway, pretty fun. I'm a little worried that something will go wrong. Like maybe YouTube will say you can't do that on YouTube or... Maybe people will be less enthusiastic after a few more or something. Because when people are watching it and at the end of the stream, they're like, yeah, you should do this more often. This is awesome. But maybe it's just new new and different. I and really liked your last video, by the way. I yeah. don't know if I told you. Yeah. Your little run around town yeah. for $1,000 that mm -hmm. you didn't make. <laughs> <laughs> that I failed to acquire. How much money did you make? Like eight fifty. Pretty good. Made for a fun video. Yep. Are you someone who are you someone who needs variety in your daily routine, work work life? Mm, depends. It just depends. I feel like I go through ebbs and flows. Like sometimes I need structure, but as long as I've created the structure, then I'm pretty happy with it. Oh yeah. I just don't like other people creating the structure for me. That mm. makes me. Okay, so if you annoyed. define your own structure, you're good with that on like a medium to long term basis. Yeah, and then switch it up whenever I want. But yeah, I, don't I do need very well with it. Some structure. Hmm. I mean, it's just chaotic without it, and I don't like chaos. I think I do. You like chaos? Yeah, yeah it's just so you can talk about how stressed you are and no. how overworked you no. are. Yeah, it is. No, it's it part just of it. No, it makes it interesting. You know, it's like reacting to different things. I think it's a lot more interesting than just kind of plugging along. So that's why I like uh, traveling to other places to go play poker and sort of seeing other player pools and stuff and creating content around different things rather than, yeah, I just get burnt out quickly doing the same thing over and over, I think. Different strokes for different mm -hmm, folks. Mm -hmm. Okay, shall we go to some listener feedback? Andrew Nimi, are you ready? Let's do this. We got an email from Skip C in London. Title is Blessings from London. I want to start off by saying thank you for putting yourselves out there. Your chemistry and unique, sometimes contrasting perspectives make this podcast extremely easy to listen to and very engaging. I hope you both keep at it and even explore deeper topics as you suggested you might want to, like the nature of consciousness and the vastness of space and time. Whoa. I do. Andrew? Sounds incredibly deep. <laughs> <laughs> to get to my question, right now I'm 18. I uh, grew up kind of rough and some of my life experience has made me fairly distant and secluded, but also very introspective and ambitious. 
I've been working night shifts 50 to 60 hours a week, managing a warehouse for a while now, and recently dropped out of my planetary science bachelor's because I decided the fees weren't worth it for something I could study more extensively, independently. I love the game of poker. I've loved the game of poker for a long time for several reasons, and I recently started going to the 888 room at Asper's fairly regularly. I don't have any friends that play poker, and I tend to keep to myself most times. So my questions are, A, is it possible to study and develop your game to the point where you can live and pay your bills strictly off poker without any external input? And B, since I often feel like I'm running out of time, how sh- how soon should I worry about not having all my shit in order or accomplishing my goals and aspirations? Hmm. Once again, huge supporter of the podcast and blog and can only wish you to the best. Chris. Wow. Uh, first of all, thanks for that very nice message. A lot Great. of nice things to say about Tell's podcast. Thank you for your email, Chris. So thoughtful. And yes. And well written, well spoken, yeah. lad, that Chris <laughs> over there in London. And 18. Man, to be 18. What would you give up to be 18? You. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I would be like, yep, you could keep him. I'll be 18 again. Mm. But you so can't. Do you be- want to start there? Or you want to start it as a poker yes. question? Start I would there. like to start at 18. Okay. Chris, I can so relate to this. I thought if I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do by 18, 21, especially in South Africa, because that's when you can like, get credit, buy a house, buy a car, all these things. I was like, that's when you're an adult. So from 18 to 21, I need to have figured everything out. And then you actually live those years and realize that you know nothing. And I am now 33 years of age. And I think I only know myself a little bit better. Hmm. And that's about it. Um, I think that's the whole point of life is that that constant exploring and learning and realizing when you learn something, how very little, you know, and it just, once you come to terms with that, I think then life feels better because I know that like stressful feeling of not knowing what you'll do and how you can like make an impact in the world and make the best impact and know what the right impact it's just exhausting um so i love that you're curious and are wanting to look into things that are not common because i think that sometimes it's that's the path you think that oh if joe got a job you know, as an investment banker, that's what I should do. And uh, so sort of finding your own thing and just doing that. But 18 is way young. All you can do is just embrace the experiences that you have and try and get the most experiences that you can. And I feel like for me, that is one thing I would probably change is being less serious when I was 18. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with hard work. I mean, I think we're all, you all 
always can work it gives you this like sense of what is the word purpose um so there's nothing wrong with like working but do experience as many things as you find appealing even if it's remotely appealing change your mind nobody cares really and that's the best part of it all is realizing that nobody cares okay there you go uh chris what do you think about 18 chris i cannot tell you um it's i don't want to sound like condescending you know because when you're 18 and someone tells you oh you're so young don't worry about it you have so much time then that's just like it's like it sounds really flippant you know like someone is just kind of blowing you off a little bit it's like i don't want to be like you when i'm 33 i want to be further than you (laughs) yeah this is the thing this is the thing that like i mean Boosie, Boosie summed it up pretty much, but uh, I am almost 39 years old, and I can tell you I still feel the same way that you feel about life and about, like, exuberance and wanting to do things and, like, uh, getting after it and all that stuff. So it's actually, like, a good thing that you have that drive, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't view that as a bad thing, as a negative. You just don't want to, like stress about it super hard you know to where you're like worrying about these things on a daily basis it's like boosie said it's good to be on the path and working uh towards something even if you don't even know that you're on the right path you know it's just good to be like trying something right um you know if you i don't know how far along you are with your degree or whatever but it can't be that far if you're 18 yeah but he says could just study it on his own yeah you could study on your own that's true and I don't think there's any one right or wrong way to do it. I mean, I guess there might be like some consideration about what tools you have access to through a university or whatever. But um, yeah, I think like the goal isn't to like get to a point in life where you have everything figured out. And then now you, you're living a life where you're like it's all, all, out. all knowledgeable and figured out the world. Uh, I think the point is to sort of like always be on a path of some sort and learning about life and about yourself and whatever pursuit that you're into at the time. And like you have the biggest, the biggest uh, weapon at your disposal right now is time. So you have so much time to like try all these different things that interest you, whether that's poker or interplanetary life, whatever, what was it? Planetary science. Planetary science sounds pretty dope, but if you get bored of it, try something else. Um, you have literally all the time in the world um, compared to everybody else. You're like, you're just at the very start. You've barely even started. And I know, I know that sounds condescending, but it's true. And I had a meetup. When we were at a meetup game, uh, we did one in Phoenix. And I think somebody asked something similar. We were, uh, after the games were over, we were hanging out at the bar. And we were talking, we were talking to somebody who was younger than I am probably in his twenties. And I had a question about something about like, you know, getting to a certain point or something or other by a certain time. And, uh, I said, you know, I'm getting after it. I, I, I feel like I'm probably still feel exactly the same, same way you do with all the, uh, exuberance and wanting to do that. And there was a guy who was middle-aged standing there, uh, in our group. And I said, how do you feel? Like, how do you what age do you think you feel? And he's like, I probably feel like I'm in my like late twenties, early thirties, you know, if numbers weren't an actual, you know, thing, if I didn't know my own age or whatever. And he's, you know, he's probably in his fifties. So you don't like lose 
you don't run out of time when you're like in your 40s or something like that or whatever you know you have a lot of life to live and you don't need to get to a certain spot in life over the next handful of years you got plenty of time to figure all that stuff out or continue on the path to figuring stuff out uh i used to watch uh million dollar listing yeah and you know how they always have these opening clips of uh presenting the characters yeah and one of the guys had expansion always in always and i think that's like was his catchphrase that's all you can really do yeah as long as you're not shrinking your life yeah and that brings us to the second point because i think i relate to chris too a lot about this Sometimes I feel like the more people you add in your life, the harder it is to stay focused to whatever path you're trying to get to. Yeah. But also being so young, it's good to be exposed to a lot of different people. You know, because he says he keeps to himself a lot. Mm. And so I can relate to that. It's just like, oh, mm-hmm. I kind of know where I want to go. And if I just keep going this way, keep studying that's very much like me, right? Sure. Just like, oh, I'll just figure it out on my own. Yep. But, you know, dating somebody older, like Andrew, <laughs> I learned that that doesn't really work. Mm. Uh, and yes, you can figure out a lot by yourself. But sometimes it's just like a little bit, like one thing, one tweak that could change your whole life. And so you've got to be open to letting people help you, I guess, or getting different perspectives. Yeah. And I also say that to my little sister because, and I never say it from like an adult. I always say it because of my experience is there wouldn't be 7 billion of us on this planet if we're supposed to do things by ourselves. They just wouldn't be because why? There'd be like five people and all in different continents, one continent per person. And yeah. then you just do your own thing. Yeah, you're also, I mean, you're basically like putting yourself at a massive disadvantage if you don't ask others for help. You don't network and you don't do all these different things. But sometimes people are really annoying. But you have to sort of be, what's the word, like <laughs> anti-fragile to that or whatever. You sort of have to like, you, you have to know that going in and you not have to let, you have to let that not affect you. You have to be able to navigate your way and, you know, be helpful to other people, but not let them sink you hold you back or whatever which kind of is speaks to your first question about poker whether poker can be a full-time thing and make a living out of was that the question right is it possible to study and develop your game to the point where you can live and pay your bills strictly off poker without any external input like i said i think uh i think it's harder to do it that way it's possible yeah it's possible i mean we, there was this kid i don't remember his name um, oh the Kid Joe Ingram interviewed, and he just grinded yeah, online exactly. in his ro- in his apartment for months and months and months. What did what did what was the end goal? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so yeah, there was this kid <laughs> recently who was playing online poker. He was on Joe Ingram's podcast. Who I think is playing PLO, maybe I don't know if there's no limit or PLO, but it doesn't matter. But uh, he was sort of like a total recluse. Um, just grinding like a ton of hours playing online and never had a relationship 
And I don't know if he was like maybe, I don't know if he was probably posting hands online maybe and doing some of that, but not a lot of it and just doing its total solo mission. So, you know, you're giving up a lot, I think, and there's not a lot of him. So he's a rare case. And in that rare case, you know, you don't have any sort of personal connections. Now, if that doesn't matter to you, then yes, it is possible. But again, he's like a very rare case. So I think it's much more important to find, you don't have to like go to the bar with people and like be social in that sense, but there's some online platforms that you can use to meet and interact with people who have the same goal as you do. I think anytime you're asking people for help in life, whatever your field is, then you're going to do better than you would on your own. As long as, but I think there's more than one way to go about doing that, you know? So you kind of have to find what works for you. Yeah, I think, I mean, what is the saying? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Hmm. So I think there's kind of that. Yep. And that's the thing, right? Cliches are so irritating, but a lot of times it's just truth. Yeah, like you can put your head down and just grind and not have any distractions. I think that would kind of, to expand on that cliche, if you want to go fast, go alone. You're not going to have any distractions, you know, with other people Yeah. bothering you, seeing right. if you want to go to the bar, seeing if you want to go to the movies, go out to dinner, and you can just put your head down and do your work. But you also learn other things that other people know that will save you time from having you to go out and find it on your own. I mean, I guess even if it's just, knowing what not to do mm -hmm. you know what i mean because you you might not find somebody who's going to help your game but at least you can know what not to do yeah for sure like if someone's done the work on something it'll save you time from doing all the research that that person has already done how do you go how do you know that somebody is right for that how do you know if someone has good advice right well you don't always <laughs> <laughs> okay um for me it's like i met people playing poker and i could see that they were having some success you know because i'm at the table with them or you know if it's online poker players then they'll be sharing their some a lot of times people like share their graphs you know their their winnings if it's like a, on an online poker forum they'll share their graphs you know it's like something that people are either proud of or they like to just like you know, bond with people and interact with people. And that's one way to do it. And of course, there's like some bragging going on too. Right. Um, so, you know, either you either see it or there's some sort of evidence. But, you know, there's also like people that talk shit and don't are talking out of their ass, you know. So it's, it yeah, because be that's what I'm saying. It might, you know, you don't always know whether the advice you get is good. Yeah. But also Chris could just like completely ignore us and do his own thing and totally be fine because that's another big part of growing up is like not waiting for somebody to give you the okay to do stuff like if you just want to do it by yourself then fine do it yeah but just be willing to go okay well that didn't work and then try something a different way right and that's it because yeah. like I mean what do we know we're barely old enough I know some things. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting some gray hairs. Some You're gray getting some gray hairs. Some gray coming in. 
but also part of the uh, the path that you're going to be on is stumbling. So don't get too annoyed when you're trying to do something and it's not going your way. You just have to be willing to adjust course. And that's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. And keep us posted on the progress. And I'm also going to send you, I think, a couple of links. Thanks, Andrew Nimi. We got a message from Ken and Ken says... Uh, his response to our fake money podcast and he says many if not most of the money counting machines and casinos have counterfeit detection built into them mm, okay so next time put your money in the machine i guess yeah i mean i guess if like they're hand counting it like uh our listener said in the previous podcast who was given a fake hundred dollar bill from a, a poker room manager i guess yeah, just to cash out from a poker tournament. Yeah, she cashed a tournament and was paid by hand rather than at the cage or in chips. Um, maybe you can ask for it to be counted at the cage machine, maybe? Ken also says, I had a little run good in your backyard on Saturday. If 5K chips are flags, are the 1K chips bananas? Canaries. Canaries? Canaries. Hmm. And he says, keep flopping sets. Thanks, Ken. I'll keep flopping sets. Or just yellow. Just yellow. Yeah. All right. One more. We got update from Brenna. Okay. Brenna was the lady who got the fake hundred dollar bill. Oh, really? Okay. Speaking of. Brenna says, hi again, Andrew and Busi. I want to thank you both for your thoughtful replies to my questions regarding a counterfeit hundred dollar bill that unfortunately made its way into my bankroll. I chose not to try and pass it along. She didn't listen to you. <laughs> okay, <goodness>. good. <laughs> For several reasons, partly because I think it's just wrong to do so, especially if someone ended up with it to whom a $100 loss is a lot more harmful than it is to me. But mostly because I am shamelessly sh- because I am shamelessly superstitious and it would be very bad juju to pass it along. Very bad. I agree with you, Brett. <laughs> very bad juju. I purchased an a counterfeit testing pen and light from Amazon to use on older bills that are more easily counterfeited and I'll be a bit more attentive from now on. But agree with you that it has to be rare since it isn't something you really hear about. So Chris, if you're listening, don't take any of Andrew's advice. <laughs> I guess that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Tells podcast. If you like our podcast, please subscribe. To the podcast share it with your friends you can find us on itunes tellspodcast.com google play and favorableapparel.com you'll find us there if you can't find the podcast you'll, there. you'll find a picture of me <laughs> wow okay <laughs> just wow okay. and we will talk to you next week yeah see you hear you uh you'll hear us next week okay bye